And now, The Mentors Radio, one of the most popular and unique shows on the air today. Here each week, remarkable CEOs and leaders, including hosts Tom Laurie and Dan Hesse, and their guests will mentor you, challenging your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their ethical leadership and advice, and for helping others succeed throughout their careers, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Learn more and check out the show notes at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. And now, here's your mentor. Welcome. I'm Tom Laurie, and I'll be your host today. Thank you for joining us. My guest today is Daniel Epstein, a world-renowned marketing consultant specializing in behavioral marketing and innovation. He was among the elite at Procter & Gamble, where he served as a distinguished Harley Procter marketer, an honor awarded to very few. Daniel will be sharing his journey from being a man who was not very happy about much, who lived in a world that was a zero-sum game, one in which he was driven by the fear of not having enough to a life of gratitude and service. Daniel has a beautifully has beautifully captured this uh, about what he's learned in life in his book, Portraits in Faith. Daniel, welcome to The Mentors. Thank you so much, Tom. So, I guess... We should start off with who was this man who was not happy about much? What's that well, all I, about? I think that was that was definitely uh, that was definitely me for a long, long time. Um, you know, I think I uh, always thought that uh, you know why me? Uh, why wasn't I more successful? Um, why couldn't I find the perfect relationship um, early in my career? And I think I had so much maturing to do. But yes, in fact, a psychiatrist in Boston, uh, referring me to one of his colleagues, described me as a young man who wasn't happy about much. And I like to laugh about that now, but it was it was definitely true. And I think that, um, and I think for me, it's something I battle every day to be someone who realized that there's more than enough, that uh, I, will, I will have everything that I need for this journey. And you then went on and tell, tell us about the journey that led you to the book and, and all the elements of that. It's better that you tell the story than I tell it. Okay, sure. Um, well, I, uh, uh, as I like to say, first, I was a miserable CPA in Boston uh, and uh, that had its usefulness, but uh, was not the career for me. I, I did the big, uh, at the time, $75,000 career change by going back to Kellogg. MBA. Now I think it's probably the $150,000 career change. And uh, magically, I became a marketer and uh, got picked up by Procter & Gamble, for which I will be eternally grateful. Um, I uh, spent 21 years at Procter & Gamble, became a marketing director. Uh, I was what they call a franchise leader, in my case, for Tide and Ariel detergent across the developed world, which is a big business for Procter. That's about $9 billion in sales. And uh, I, uh, well, I traveled the world for many, many years working on that laundry products business. And uh, I think that those years coincided with me seeking a greater groundedness. And just through a combination of things, I, you know, it had to be divinely inspired uh, but because uh, I certainly could not have created this alignment of different parts of my life. But um, uh, I started interviewing people on uh, around the world uh, about their faith and spiritual journeys. I would add on personal days to my business travels. And, uh, and so I also got into photography, started making what we call black and white environmental portraiture of each person. And so to date, I've interviewed and made portraits of 500 people in 27 countries. And so that's the basis of the book that you speak of and the website uh, content that we share. So tell us a little bit about your childhood. Uh, and also, you were, uh, since you're talking about portraits and faith, what was your faith background as a child and, and your early life? And then we'll come back to the book. 
Well, I grew up Jewish, very highly identified, um, uh, still identify as Jewish, although my theology has probably changed quite a bit. Um, you know, a dear friend of mine, Dr. Ann Harbison, likes to say, what's your earliest memory of accomplishment? And uh, all of my early memories of accomplishment were at synagogue uh, related to the Jewish community. Uh, you know, I was the kid that they thought was going to be a rabbi. Um, I have a lot of good friends who are rabbis, but thank God I didn't become a rabbi. It was not my exact calling. Um, but all of my accomplishments, all of my sense of self, uh, came from uh, Jewish community. And uh, I am so, so grateful for that. Um, I don't have that uh, particularistic understanding of faith today. My, my understanding of faith and of a higher power is much broader, as broad as my project, uh, interviewing people around the world. But I still identify as Jewish, and I'm very proud to be Jewish. Uh, but uh, I, I think my the malaise of my unhappiness and uh, my over-competitiveness um, did not come from my religion. I think it just uh, came from my unique, uh, you know, nature and nurture that uh, made me that way. And uh, I'm just grateful that I found a way out of that. So you're with Procter & Gamble, you've got this background, uh, and you've got a good foundation, regardless of how it blossomed afterwards, but you had a strong foundation, strong family, and you're unhappy. And so what was the catalyst that got you thinking about interviewing people? I mean, what? how did that get started? Well, actually, um, this, this part will sound very, um, not mundane, but it'll sound very... Uh, uh, happenstance. Uh, I, I was into photography. I was traveling the world, but like a lot of people uh, traveling the world, uh, you end up taking pictures of spices and marketplaces and sneaking pictures, what we call stealing pictures of people. And I went to this photography workshop one summer at the main photographic workshops. And they said, you know, you really got to move on from still life and stealing pictures of people to portraiture. Uh, and then this great insight came to me through their help, which was you can ask people to make their portrait and you can make appointments with them. And, uh, and so I started uh, working on this idea of portraits and faith. Uh, you know, I grew up feeling like the other as a, a Jew in the South in Atlanta. And I very much felt like uh, called to bring people together. And so that's where the project started uh, at this workshop in Maine. Um, and uh, I uh, went around to local churches and started interviewing uh, people uh, about their spiritual journeys. We're going to come back in just a second. This is uh, Tom Laurie, and we are with Daniel Epstein, the author of Portraits and Faith. Go to our website, thementorsradio.com, and click on list of shows to listen to our past shows. Subscribe while you're there so you don't miss any future shows. This is Tom Laurie, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio Show. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. 
Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially nonprofits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at KML-PC.com. That's KML-PC.com. KML-PC.com. And mention The Mentors. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with Distinguished Behavioral Marketing Consultant Daniel Epstein. And we're talking about his transformer, transformation from being a young man who was not happy about much. Remember, you can also listen to this show or any previous show via podcast and iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device at any time. Subscribe at the mentorsradio.com. So you go to this uh, photography class. They tell you to stop sneaking pictures. You've got this mixed background of uh, unhappiness and a lot of stuff going but you must have been curious about faith. Otherwise, why would you start asking people about their faith? Absolutely. Uh, I've always been drawn to questions of faith and spirituality. Um, you know, I I don't know if it's from another lifetime or uh, what it's from, but I've always felt drawn to questions of the sacred. Um, I was just recently in a class with one of my favorite teachers in the world, uh, an incredible teacher named Mirabai Starr, and I asked, what is the definition of a mystic? And she said, it's, it's someone who is in love with, with the mystery of what God may be uh, and the mystery of, other, of, all, of all of creation. So I think I, while I could never have said those words, Tom, I somehow uh, had been in love with the mystery of sacred connection for a long, long time, and I and I probably sought it through religiosity, as I was a very involved uh, Jewish youth group leader. Um, but it didn't come from religiosity. So I think, in the, as my adult years emerged, and I felt that sense of unhappiness, I think I was seeking some greater connection or something bigger outside of myself so that I might be less self-worried and self-concerned. So I think I've always been interested in that sacred connection, even though I wouldn't know what words to to use for it. Now, you've said, uh, you've told me that you're, out of all of these uh, portraits that you've done, your favorite is an atheist from Brazil. Tom, I'm Bochat, is that it? Tom Bochat? Tom Tom Boichat. Boichat. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's amazing. A lot of people are surprised that in a project about spirituality and sacred connection, that my favorite interview would be with an atheist. But uh, what Tom said to me is, hey, look, I don't pray. I don't feel the need to pray. Um, I don't think God created us. I think we created God because we had that need. Uh, but then he goes on to say, I don't think what ma- I don't think that matters. What matters is that we don't think that having things uh, is what matters. Uh, he, he said, uh, don't get me wrong. I like having things. I just don't want things to have me. And I thought, well, you know, how much more holy can it get than that? And then I did go on to say, well, look, Tom, if you did have a concept of a higher power, what would it be? And he said, well, do you remember the caveman and the cave woman? They, they would, uh, hunt the buffalo and they believed that by eating the meat of the buffalo, they would gain the strength of the buffalo. And, uh, but before they would eat the buffalo, they would thank the buffalo spirit for giving of itself to them so that they could be strengthened. He's, and he said to me, you know, I like that. I like the buffalo spirit. Today we have Macintosh, but we don't have the buffalo spirit. And I thought, well, again, how much more beautiful can it get than that? That is sacred 
connection, sacred relationship, you know, it reminds me a lot of many indigenous elders that I've been with around the world, Tom, uh, one of whom was Uncle Bob Randall and uh, an indigenous Aboriginal elder in Australia. And I ha- he just happened to come to my city and I had him over and a group of people over one night and I asked him to lead the prayer before the meal. And uh, we were having salmon and some vegetables, but he, he thanked the fish people and he thanked the vegetable people for giving them themselves that we would be nourished that night. And while some people might think of that as hokey, uh, I thought it was just so beautiful. Um, and, and really that, that really has been the key theme for me of this whole project, which is gratitude, profound gratitude. Uh, it quickly became the lesson of the whole project that people who have a spiritual connection, people for whom faith, whatever it is, is uh, important to them, tend to be people who are profoundly grateful. And that's what I was not. That's the, the young man who wasn't happy about much in the end was a young man who wasn't grateful. And today I'm, I'm very happy to say that I feel profoundly grateful for all of life. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. We're with world-renowned marketing guru and photojournalist, Daniel Epstein. So let's go back for a minute uh, to Tom, because in your book, you noted also that he had a lot to do or did played a, a major role in getting the book off the ground, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, what happened is I had been to that workshop where I started working on this portraits and faith idea. And right after that workshop, I had to go to Brazil on business. And uh, my teacher from that workshop, uh, David H. Wells, uh, who I had stayed in touch with, said, oh, I have a former student in Brazil. Why don't you get Tom to find you some people to interview? And so I did that. I hired Tom. He flew from his city of Vitoria, Brazil, to Sao Paulo. And he found about 20, 25 people for me to interview and to make portraits of. And... um, It started uh, a deep friendship that stands till this day um, and also made me realize, oh, my gosh, there's something there's something here. But I couldn't have articulated to you that I was starting a project. All I knew is that when I listen to the stories of others sharing gratitude or their spiritual journey, whatever that journey was, as long as they didn't intend harm to anyone, I was lifted and I was healed through every conversation and and made whole became more and more whole and what i could say is i drafted off of other people's stories of faith and spirituality until i could develop a faith of my own and back to tom again uh in the in your book you noted that um or he noted uh that the most important he was the son of a baptist minister let's i want to make a note that of that he also said we should remember what the true message of Jesus' teachings were. He may not have believed in God or the a God, uh, but he definitely apparently believed in the teachings. Absolutely. And I think that really um, links to what I think the whole the message of the whole project is, which is that uh, I, I believe that you know religion is, man-made a man-made construct to help us get outside of ourselves to connect with that which is sacred to the divine as each person understands god um and uh for me uh i am healed by honoring the journey of other people also trying to connect with that which they consider most sacred. And that includes the humanist and the atheist and the agnostic. You know, either we're all on this journey together and all of life is sacred or it's not. And uh, so for me, that that meeting Tom and everything that his path represents, just as a, just a prime example that uh, um, I need to honor the journey of everybody trying to connect with that which is sacred, uh, again, unless they intend harm. Um, but that is um, uh, that is rare. The number of people who intend me and other people harm is so, so small compared to the number of people who are just different in how they're 
they are seeking to connect with the divine. And you noted also in your uh, meditation with Tom is that faith, what you found in Tom is faith is a chance to live a life that emphasizes sacredness, not self, which I think is a big takeaway. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I can share more in a few minutes that uh, I, I have an understanding of faith and spirituality because of the work I do in cognitive and behavioral science applied to marketing and innovation that might be unique. Well, good. We're going to come right back after a short break, and we're with Daniel Epstein, author of Portraits and Faith. Remember, you can listen live to our Saturday broadcast anywhere in the world by going to San Francisco, 860 The Answer. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org, oathbook.org. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially nonprofits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at KML-PC.com. That's KML-PC.com. KML-PC.com and mention The Mentors. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Lauren. I'm a distinguished behavioral marketing consultant, Daniel Epstein. And we're talking about his transformation from being a young man who is not happy about much. You have a short st Well, first of all, you were talking in the, it, a little bit about the connection to behavioral marketing, and then you have a short story that you wanted to share with the audience. So why don't you run with that? Well, I want to um, I want to share that when I first started working on this project in that workshop in Maine, um, the thought that came to me is I'll, I'll go around to different churches and houses of worship and interview the pastors or the clergy about their spiritual journey, and then I'll make a portrait of them. Uh, and uh, the first church I came to, 
well, I couldn't find the pastor. Uh, all I could do was find the, the janitor. And I kept saying, well, when is the pastor coming back? You see, I'm Daniel Epstein. I'm at the main photographic workshops, and I'm working on this project called Portraits in Faith, and I really need to see the minister. And he said, well, he's not going to be back for about four hours. And uh, and then all of a sudden, in this split second, I don't know if you've heard this story before, Tom, but there's this wonderful little, um, not fable, but a, a story, a parable that uh, they there's a great temple being built and they go up to the mason and they say, well, what are you doing? And he says, I'm building the most magnificent tall walls you've ever seen. And then they go up to the woodworker and they say, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm making the most exquisite carvings that you will have ever seen. And then they go up to the woman sweeping the front walk and they say, well, what are you doing? And she says, I'm building a temple to the glory of God. And I thought, okay, the janitor. God put the janitor in front of me. So the first the, the first interview in the whole project uh, is with the janitor of a congregational church uh, in Rockland, Maine. And I just I just love the symbolism of that. That service comes in all forms, and um, I can't assume any hierarchy of one person over another. Um, and even though there's some very famous people in this project, like. Uh, Father Richard Rohr, Father Thomas Keating, Reb Zalman Shachter Shalomi, Mirabai Starr, all of whom I'm so grateful that I met. Um, you know, I think the project's really symbolized by the fact that the first interview was with a church janitor. Well, I'm going to go back to Bob Randall. Uh, he was an Aboriginal elder. And what was his background story? He had a quite a interesting background story. Well, sadly, he was part of the Stolen Generation, which was the practice by Australian government to take mixed race babies, uh, mixed race white Aboriginal babies away from their mothers so that they could be raised white in a mission, in a residential school. And uh, he never saw his mother again after seven. And uh, uh, it wasn't until later in his life uh, he was pursuing a whole career. I think he was, I think his job was with one of the Australian airlines um, working on Aboriginal community related issues. And he sat on a plane one day and he felt that the spirit of his mother came to him and said, take down the words to this song. And he wrote down the words to this song called My Little Brown Baby, They Take Him Away. And it was written from the mother's point of view who has a child taken away just like he was. And this song broke open uh, in a popular culture way. It, it became like a rallying cry, an anthem in Australia for the government to stop this horrible practice. But if you can believe it, that practice only stopped in 1972, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, he was a, an advocate uh, uh, the rest of his life uh, for Aboriginal rights and for teaching uh the aboriginal legacy and spirituality um and that and that the thing i learned from uncle bob is similar to what i've learned from indigenous people in other places like canada and the u.s which is that uh, as white people we have screwed over the indigenous person in very similar ways all around the world um, starting with taking land and when you take land away from land-based people their whole culture and society starts to crumble, including their spirituality. So he really sensitized me to the role of land in spirituality and the plight of indigenous people. So in all of these uh, reflections, uh, of which there are many, and, and also you have a website that people can go to, which is Pro Portraits in Faith, and uh, you have... Uh, videos of different people you've got reflections a lot of things that are in your book and people can also sign up to get a um, i guess you push out messages from time to time on some of the people and we'll we'll post that to the website but as i was going through the book I'm, one of the things that struck me is that there was a backstory for everybody which is no surprise uh everybody has their backstory and in many ways even in your own situation there was a uh spiritualist in my life. Uh, I went to the University of Notre Dame and there was a guy, a priest named uh, Father Henri Nguyen, 
who wrote 65 books on spirituality. Uh, and uh, he, he uh, was called the wounded prophet. And as I read this, mm -hmm. so many of these people that you write about are wounded prophets and the fact that they've been wounded somewhere uh, in their lives, but in their woundedness, there was great learning and great wisdom that came from that. And I think you uh, talked to this as well. It opens you up to other people. Uh, maybe you could talk about that uh, in your own situation. Yeah, well, believe it or not, um, the best thing I can share with that question is um, I once was gifted with a hand analysis, right? Someone who does palmistry. Uh, I was dating a woman in San Francisco who was studying that. And anyway, so I, I had this uh, reading with her teacher and her teacher, as part of the reading said, you know, she was reading some part of my hand and she said, you want to heal. And I said, heal myself or heal others. And she said, you want to reclaim every part of yourself. And in so doing, you won't be able to help but heal others. And that just kind of summed it up that resonated so so deeply um and i and i think that uh for me as i reclaim every part of myself of who uh my sacred self my divine self the the part of me that is the best version of me um i think i do have a healing impact on others and my goal for this project is to have a profound healing impact on the world by sharing this so, um, yeah, I think all people who do their work end up being healing and healers for others. Uh, and the flip side is true also. I think when we don't do our personal emotional work, and when, when we don't go into therapy or we don't get help to heal along spiritual lines, I think we harm other people and we harm society. So, um, yeah, I trying to reclaim every part of myself and in so doing i won't be able to help but heal others and we're going to come back to that in a few seconds after a short break we're with daniel epstein author of portraits and faith this is tom laurie and this is the mentors radio show a lifetime ago young naval aviator tom mcguire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the u.s constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org. Oathbook.org. It's Karen, executive producer of The Mentors Radio, and we're thrilled to have my pillow back as a sponsor. All of us here are huge fans of Mike Lindell's products. When I got fed up with the chemical smell of other pillows, I figured my pillows made in the U.S. I'll give them a try. That was years ago. Now I own six pillows. I use their cotton towels, their 100% Giza cotton bed sheets, and I give them away as Christmas gifts. Every product has exceptional quality and attention to detail. Towels are thick, absorbent. Sheets are soft, smooth, high thread count. Our radio host, Tom, and everyone we know who's tried these products has the same experience. Use our code MENTORS to get a 60-day money-back guarantee and up to 60% discount. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash mentors. You must include the code MENTORS. That's MyPillow.com forward slash mentors or click the banner on our website. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Lauren. I'm with Distinguished Behavioral Marketing Consultant Daniel Epstein, and we're talking about his transformation from being a young man who is not happy about much. So in the last segment, you were talking about brokenness, brokenness 
And uh, that brings me to somebody that both of us know, and she's been a guest mentor on the show, and that's uh, Tachi, uh, Tatiana Cameron, who is a rock star from Croatia. Uh, why don't you tell a little bit about her backstory and uh, uh, what you what your meditation or reflections were on her? Yeah, well, uh, Tai Chi is a good friend today. Uh, was introduced to her by common friends. She, as you said, was a pop star in Croatia. She used to fill stadiums with uh, uh, people for her shows. And uh, uh, for your listeners who are familiar with it, uh, with Eurovision, she represented Croatia in Eurovision, which is a very big deal. And uh, she, uh, you know, eventually she decided to leave it all behind and to come to America to study acting. And then she went from New York to California. And uh, as she likes to say, after a series of bad decisions, she ended up on a better path. And uh, in fact, her own show was called Waking Up in America. So I think she she had a, a similar spiritual awakening to a better version of herself. Uh, that I did. And, uh, and today she's a coach and a spiritual teacher and just an amazing human being. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, for me, the big lesson of Tai Chi's life that I can so relate to is that, uh, you know, it's all, it's all a journey to uncovering, uh, getting rid of the layers of ourselves that don't fit who we really want to be and who, again, depending on your spiritual religious beliefs who God intended us to be or the best version of ourselves. And I think that uh, here is a person almost in, in a stereotypical, almost like in a movie like way had, you know, had it all on paper. She even had, I think, you know, Tom, she had a doll, like a Barbie doll made of her likeness in Croatia. Um, and, uh, but she was profoundly unhappy and, and her own journey has taken her to a broader spirituality. So I have so much respect for Tai Chi. Yeah, we had her on twice, uh, first talking about having it all and what does having it all really mean. And she talks about the people who were there to protect her actually took advantage of her. And I want, and people can go back and listen to the show. There's some pretty outrageous things that happened to her when she was at the peak of her fame. Uh, but she the point she made uh, and she makes again in your book is that she didn't know who she was. She mm. didn't know who she was. And that was the, the path uh, and, and the, and the more deeper in darkness, she got, got her closer to the path that she found for herself. But the reason I bring her up at this point is that when I talked to her a year ago uh, and I asked her about coaching, and how is it going? And she said it was so-so, kind of going okay, needed some more clients, as everybody does. And I said, what's the big takeaway? And she said the big takeaway for her was that brokenness is the root of so many of our problems. And as I go through your book, it's overflows with people who have had brokenness in their life. And I think there are many more people who don't accept that. Uh, they, that gets back to if you don't heal yourself and get to know yourself, you can do harm to others because you're going to be acting out. But uh, being self-reflective and more aware of who we are uh, gets us on the right path. Maybe just touch on that, and then we're going to move to uh, the business of cognitive uh, science or cognitive behavior and how that ties in. So if you want to comment on that. Yeah, well, sure. I think um, I think brokenness is the path. Um, and healing brokenness is the path to spirituality for many of us. Um, but I, I have met a handful of very lucky individuals who, at a young age, received a message um, that, uh, you know, that all was well and that uh, why things were the way they needed to be and that uh, they were loved. Um, funny enough, I heard this from two very, very different people. One was Reb Zalman Shachter Shalomi, may he rest in peace. Um, and uh, the other, a pastor in Warsaw. And they both explained and described experiences to me of uh, being a young child, walking in a park one day or on, on a playground, feeling like the heavens opened up to them, receiving a message that, as I said, all was well, they were loved. They would have what they needed and why things are the way they are in the world. And they both received this profound calmness 
and sense of protection. Um, and, you know, I think those of us who have come through the brokenness route are a little jealous of that. But uh, uh, I've also seen that be the pathway for some lucky individuals, Tom. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. We're with world-renowned marketing guru, Daniel Epstein, and we're talking about his journey of transformation. So as you talk about that, one thing that comes to mind, one of my guests was Bruce Grayson, who is a professor emeritus at the University of Virginia, who's the world's leading expert on near-death experiences. Uh, and that gets into a transformation. I, I'm a great believer in the unseen. We talk a lot about the scene, but I think there's so much uh, unseen and, and religion and spirituality can take us at least to trying to grasp some of that. But uh, that's a personal belief. Uh, and I, your book gets at that. It's all about spirituality and the unseen, the something greater. What? Um, how do you tie this in with your work as a uh, behavioral uh, marketeer? Well, um, you know, as the as a as a consultant who focuses on applying cognitive and behavioral science uh, to marketing and innovation, um, it's a lot about the unconscious and realizing that we have to make so many decisions every day um, non-consciously or we we wouldn't be able to survive. We would use too much energy trying to decide how to operate a car or which ketchup to buy. So we make a lot of decisions using what Daniel Kahneman calls system one. Uh, and, you know, my understanding of the role of spirituality is that as human beings, we are gifted with this thing called the prefrontal cortex, which allows us to think about the past and the future uh, and to think about thinking, uh, which uh, other animals do not do. Um, but it comes with, uh, with a really bad side effect, which is uh, obsession about the past and the future, or called neuroses. And so uh, uh, my understanding of the spiritual experience and the spiritual journey is that, uh, uh, you know, some of us have a bit more neuroses than others. I would put myself on that list. And uh, we have to somehow get outside of ourselves. I had to get outside of myself and become more focused on others and not terribly worried about the past and the future. And so um, I'm okay uh, understanding that uh, the spiritual journey uh, is, is my journey to get outside of myself and to become helpful to culture, to the universe, to society, um, and not to be this self-focused, self-worried person every day. And um, a connection to all that is sacred and to a higher power is my way to do that. Um, I think it's not possible to fully know uh, what the truth is about a higher power. And I don't think I even need to know. I think, I think I will be a better version of myself. I am a better version of myself by getting outside of myself, my daily concerns and worries. Well, we're going to come right back after a short break. We're with Daniel Epstein, the author of Portraits and Faith. You will find all of our show notes and links at TheMentorsRadio.com. When you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any shows. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. It's Karen, executive producer of The Mentors Radio, and we're thrilled to have My Pillow back as a sponsor. 
All of us here are huge fans of Mike Lindell's products. When I got fed up with the chemical smell of other pillows, I figured my pillows made in the U.S. I'll give them a try. That was years ago. Now I own six pillows. I use their cotton towels, their 100% Giza cotton bed sheets, and I give them away as Christmas gifts. Every product has exceptional quality and attention to detail. Towels are thick, absorbent. Sheets are soft, smooth, high thread count. Our radio host, Tom, and everyone we know who's tried these products has the same experience. Use our code MENTORS to get a 60-day money-back guarantee and up to 60% discount. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash mentors. You must include the code MENTORS. That's MyPillow.com forward slash mentors or click the banner on our website. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially non profits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at kml-pc.com. That's kml-pc.com. kml-pc.com. And mention the mentors. And now, back to the mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laura, and I'm with Distinguished Behavioral Marketing Consultant, Daniel Epstein, and we're talking about his transformation from being a young man into one that was not happy about much. One thing I want to be clear with my audience is that your book, while it's on spirituality, you have plenty of uh, examples of people who are religious and have deep religious beliefs and spirituality. So this does not make a stand religion versus spirituality. They're intermingled or commingled. What is the one thing you would give advice to others who find themselves in a dark corner? What's the one piece of advice? That was so funny. I had uh, had high schoolers last week at the University of Chicago Laboratory Schools ask me what advice would I give my former, my my younger self. And I said, uh, get into therapy, do your spiritual work, stop using people, try to be of service to others stop worrying about yourself. And I and I think that's what I wish I would have done sooner. And I'm glad I have attempted to do that, even though it, for me, started more around age 36. So where where are you going with this project? What are the next steps? And, and, that, and part of that is because you talked about taking steps to improving or increasing their spirituality. I, I'm curious, what are those steps? You know, I'm, I'm a great believer, find somebody that can be a teacher. So tell me what are the steps are and where you're going to go with the project. Well, I want to I want to start by saying that this project itself is a spiritual practice for me. I quickly realized that the guy working on this project was the me that I most wanted to be, that it was the best version of myself. Um, yes, it was combining things I love like photography and global travel, but it was it was the creating these sacred connections where I could receive people's stories that became so special in my life and had a has had a very big healing impact on my life. So the project itself, and I continue to interview people, um, is is a spiritual practice of getting outside of myself uh, and and artist and artistry. Now, where we're taking it is, I turned it into a five hundred one c three and uh, a nonprofit, and uh, we are focused now on what I call sacred listening. You know, at first I thought this project was, oh, everybody gets to tell their story. And then a friend sent me the book written by David Isay, the founder of StoryCorps, and the name of his book is Listening as an Act of Love. And I realized, oh my gosh, this project's about receiving, about listening to someone's story, not about telling your story. And so I call that sacred listening, and specifically sacred listening, I define as receiving the story of someone you perceive to be the other. And so uh, 
we have started running sacred listening workshops around the country. Um, just have done three so far, most recently in Charleston, uh, hosted by the Daughters of St. Paul, um, with whom I have a long uh, friendship. Um, and we bring together different kinds of groups from the community, um, interfaith groups. Uh, we're working on planning one in Cincinnati now with clergy from across religions, where we have them practice this sacred listening, receiving each other's stories, using some of the questions from my documentary, like, what's your concept of God? What's your earliest memory of faith? What was the first time in your life you feel like you had to or chose to rely upon God as you understand God? Or tell me about a time you doubted your faith. Uh, I'm also taking this into the classroom, Tom. We currently have an exhibit up at the Corvus Gallery at the University of Chicago Laboratory Schools. And just two weeks ago, I worked with 18 classes of K through 12 grade students. Um, I've forgotten how wiggly uh, fourth graders are and how they like to touch everything, but they were also really engaged. Um, and uh, we, we engage them in sacred listening, even as fourth graders, um, also exercises that we call same as me, different from me, to look at how we create stories of people before we know their real story. And uh, again, my, my goal is to have a profound impact, a profound healing impact on the world using this content and the exercises that we will create from it. You have a faith and you talk about a faith that's not arrogant, it's not condescending, it's not holier than thou, but it's strong and it's strong when the storms come because its roots are deep. That's what I got from all of this. All of these people face storms and they developed a faith that uh, could withstand other storms in their life. But it's faith is really humble. And I think that comes across uh, throughout your work. And I want to congratulate you on your book. And uh, thank you very much for joining us today. It's really been in, uh, interesting to me. I'd like to bring you back. We've talked about this. And next time around, we're going to talk something more business related about uh, behavioral marketing and innovation, which is your your number, I won't say number one, it's uh, the thing you do to earn a living. Uh, but let me bring on, pick your brain on that. So, Daniel, thank you for sharing your amazing journey and several of your portraits in faith. We've been with Daniel Epstein, distinguished behavioral marketing consultant and author of Portraits in Faith. We will be posting links to Daniel's Portraits in Faith website and to his book. Make sure you go to our website to listen to past shows. When you're there, make sure you subscribe to future shows. You can also listen to us online on any device at any time or any podcast platform. Join us next week at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie. Signing off for today, remember you can be all you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.